Yo, 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 yo. Wag Wan, what's happening, fam? It's your old Tucker buddy. Yes, you. Janet and James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent May 2nd in the year of our Lord, 2020. Welcome and bienvenue to Janet and Ramcharan, the podcast. Hello! Top of the morning to ya. How the fuck are you? Um, if you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, this is a podcast where I speak on myself in order to relate to yourself. You, the dear listener, you, the dear viewer. It's like connectivity through shared experience, kindred souls, best friends forever. You know, I want to marry your daughter. Um... I want to marry your mother. I want to marry your grandfather. I want to be in your heart and soul. I want to be in your family photo album. I want to rob you blind and leave you for dead. So if you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramcher on the podcast, I am an actor extraordinaire. 19 years of experience. Diploma in theater arts. That's been to the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it. Um, you know, quarantine season. I got my little scruff. Got this man scruff. I want a banana. I want a banana. You know, I got my fucking fucking monkey beard going, going strong. You know, this is like a fade. Uh, this is like a throwback. This is like the um, circa 2007 sitting cross-legged on fucking Jay Leno talking about the new film you were shooting in Paris. And, um, you know, it was really... Um, it was a really interesting time for me as an actor. Um, we were shooting on location in Paris and, you know, seeing the Eiffel Tower just, it really brought into focus for me just the totality of the human experience and the creativity within me. And I think it really shone through in the film. Um, there's moments of desperation, elation, ejaculation, and... Um, Generally put, it came out as a very surreal almost experience and um, I'm very quite fortunate for the film and I, I thank the fans, I very much do and I hope you appreciate the show, yes. You know, it's like a throwback to fucking 2007, that fucking scruffy fucking, oh, I'm a bohemian artist, fucking actor beard, give me a fucking break. Shave that fucking thing. If it wasn't for quarantine right now, I'd be a slick young boy. I'd look like a fucking baby walrus, you know? I do watch um, Our Planet, by the way. Um, Our Planet on Netflix. Now that I'm quarantined, like fucking locked down 24-7. Shut the fuck up. What is this? This is the first a text message on the podcast? I don't have any friends. <laughs> Not even kidding. Um, oh, wow. Some scam trying to get my fucking money. Some fucking quarantine scam. Anyways, now that I'm locked down in quarantine, um, I do watch Our Planet quite a bit. And, oh, my, David Attenborough, oh, the King Penguin. They are the kings of Antarctica. Like fucking David Attenborough sounds like a constipated pedophile. Hey there, young boy. Feed me a laxative. <laughs> Our planet, you know. These waters used to be thriving in years past, and now, thanks to global warming, 
they're going to melt away into oblivion unless you stop driving a car immediately. <laughs> Come here, young boy. Let me taste your asshole. <laughs> Fucking David Attenborough. He's making me sick. Anyways, as you can tell, there's a lot of um, circumstantial situations going on with my attitude, my outlook during quarantine as an actor extraordinaire. And I can't wait to get back up on them stages, get back up in that film industry, get back up on that ass, you know, find my fortune, stake my claim. I want a career someday. I can't let this all go to the wind, you know? I can't let this go to the fucking dogs just because <coughs> Grandpa has a cough and he died. I don't give a shit. He's not my grandfather. Let him die. I want my career back. If you're old, if you're like 98 years old, and you got a cough, fuck you, all right? I want to have a career. I want money. I want pussy. You know, I want prestige. I want power. And I'm sick of sitting around here watching David Attenborough. <laughs> I say, is that a fucking blue humpbacked whale? <laughs> the humpback whale. The most prestigious whale known to the parts of the Atlantic Ocean. Shut the fuck up. I want some humpback pussy in my fucking life. I don't want to learn about blue whales, humpback whales, king penguins, the mating call of the fucking transatlantic water buffalo, you know? I want power, pussy, and fucking prestige. I want my career back! Fucking sitting around twiddling my fucking thumb just because grandpa got a cough? I don't care. All right, I do care, you know? Quarantine. We're all dealing with it, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, God bless us all, you know? God bless them old motherfuckers, you know? Um, but um, <laughs> I'm sick of being locked up. I'm just sick of it, you know? I gotta think about me at some point, don't I? I've been quarantined like a good boy, practicing my cough etiquette. <coughs> I don't even cough, you know? Um, I got no cough, um, you know, washing my hands. At what point can we be selfish again? You know, I mean, it's pretty obvious as an actor, you know, there, there are moments where I tend to be self-centered. So, um, you know, uh, that's just a humorous way of expressing my desire to take my career back and the enthusiasm that I do still have for it, even in the face of apocalypse, pandemic, you know, I still want to hit the stage, you know, if there was an atomic bomb that went off on my fucking block, like tomorrow, once I like, <sighs> climb through the rubble, you know, I'm like, why don't we put on a benefit show? Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime gal, you know, get up and perform a little bit. Why not? You know, but, um, you know. That's just all in a day's work as an act. Uh, and one thing that I'm actually quite fortunate for during this um, quarantine is the reflection on the career. And um, you may not know it to have heard me babble on, babble on like I did. Uh, but one thing I'm starting to realize is through all my journey and strife, struggle, ups and downs um, in my career, I've come to realize... Um, I'm a bit of a everyman. Yeah. And everyman is considered um, 
And every man is like um, an everyday person facing the situations of the day. The every person, the every man, the every woman. And through my journey, um, I've come to realize, yeah, I've been thrown into so many different situations, life situations, love situations, career situations, um, work situations, friends, family, that I've developed experience, experience that I'm just itching, you know, I'm itching to put into my craft going forward post pandemic. And, um, I don't know, that's pretty reassuring because sometimes as an actor, you'll get a script and, you know, or you're auditioning for something, you'll get a script as if I'm fucking sought after in the industry, you know, well, you know, as an actor, you might steal a script and, you know, you go home and read it, you know, but, um, you know, you come across material and sometimes the material is, um, well, I mean, almost 100% of the time, the material is a, these are characters that we're playing, portraying, and they all have a background. And a lot of times, uh, it's the job of the actor, like the main job, is to get to the truth of the character, honest to the script, and have that be conveyed to the audience, right? So when you're looking at these character breakdowns, it's like lawyer, doctor, construction worker, accountant, um, juvenile delinquent, thug, gangster, um, you know, plumber. These are real people that exist in our society with everyday Every man, every woman, every fancy, every ting, you know, every person, conflicts, situations, hopes, dreams, the everyday person. And through my little um, scramble to try to eke out an existence in this godforsaken, sorry God, you know I love you, in this God wonderful world that we live in, um, in my little scramble to eke out an existence I've gained some experience and you know I was watching some films recently and I started to realize yeah like I feel a lot more comfortable in myself with my experience which hopefully I can use to convey an insight into character better than I did before you know it's an it's an evolution an ongoing evolution of the self. And that is something relatable across industry, whatever you're doing, whatever you're rocking with. And, you know, during this pandemic, you know, give it up for the doctors, give it up to the, you know, health industry, give it up to all the essential workers, the cashiers, the construction workers, the janitors, the plumbers, the, uh, the fucking prostitutes, X, Y, and Z, give it up to them. You know, during this time of pandemic, you know, we're all out there trying to get this society back on its feet. Keep the wheel spinning. And um, these are lessons that are transferable across 
industry, you know, the evolution and growth of what you do and the excitement for it in face of pandemic, you know, and, um, you know, that was a, that was very much a revolution, uh, a revelation for me past couple days. I'm like, yeah, I'm a, I'm an every person, you know, I, and, and hopefully I can use that to play better depth in my characterizations as an actor going forward. And uh, that's relatable, you know. Keep that faith, keep that funk, and evolve. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. I am also an alcoholic. <laughs> Yeah, I'm talking three plus years of consistent consecutive sobriety. Yeah, three plus years of sobriety. But you still have your um, temptations, you know. I'm never overly tempted, but thoughts do cross my mind from time to time. Like, yo, what if I just got wet? You know, what if I just got fucking drunk as a skunk, you know? Three sheets to the wind, You know, what if y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here? You know, what if I fucking get toe up? You know, what if I turn up, get faded? You know, sometimes I think about it. Case in point, I was grocery shopping the other day. Now I know, you know, you're only supposed to go grocery shopping every now and then, you know, once in a blue moon during pandemic. But I was hungry. You know, I had the munchies. I'm like, let me go get a couple gummy bears and, you know, whatever, you know, just... Indulge in a little bit of snack-a-nation. Snack-a-nation. And, and, and indulge in some snacks for, like, you know, some fucking movie I was watching, right? I go to the grocery store. <clears throat> and I'm walking around, and uh, this is a grocery store that I don't usually go to, you know? I decided to go for a little bit of a walk. Again, feeling guilty. But I had to stretch the old legs, you know? I was getting cooped up, feeling like a fucking... Feeling like a monkey. <laughs> You know, I was getting cagey, so I'm like, let me go for a walk, let me go to a foreign grocery store, do a little shopping, kind of splice up the day. So, in this grocery store, there is a liquor, alcohol department. The grocery store in my neighborhood, um, they don't sell alcohol. Alcohol just recently, within the last year or two, or so, within the last couple years, in Ontario, Canada, alcohol has just recently been available in grocery stores. So my everyday grocery store didn't carry alcohol. So it was a bit of a shock. Um, I'll post a couple pictures. I'm walking through the grocery store, you know, hum diddly dum diddly dee, twiddling my thumbs. Oh, let me get some fucking, um, you know, uh, you know, rice cake crackers. Oh, let me get some orange juice. Let me, what the fuck? I stumble upon this aisle, just fucking booze galore. Everything under the sun, you know, got my mouth watering. You know, it was like fucking every fucking drink under the sun. I'm staring at this shit. I'm like, oh my God. And it was just like surreal to me. I was like looking at that shit. I'm like, wow. I used to drink that type of shit every day. I used to be drunk 
every day. That was like an everyday thing for me at one point. It almost ruined my life. I was having mad anxiety attacks, hospital visits, waking up in hospital, you know, like just career down the gutter, no friends, no family, no nothing. That was an everyday thing for me. Wow. And it's the cunning, baffling, nature, <laughs> the cunning, baffling power, cunning, baffling and powerful nature of alcohol because it's like knowing all this knowing the destruction that alcohol has caused in my life and i'm still looking at this alcohol like then i saw my brand you know it's i swear to god like when you see your brand of alcohol it's like picking out an ex-girlfriend in the crowd you're like there she is (laughs) i saw my brand of beer Lowenbra. I don't even know how to say it. You know, when I'd be drunk, I just Lowenbrow. Lowenbra. It's like some some German Scheitzel beer or something, right? I, I used to drink that shit like water. I'm just staring at a case of it, right? I'm staring at this low and brow right i'm like oh man <clears throat> you know i'm dancing with a stranger tonight i got a bottle of fucking perrier fucking seltzer water you know <sighs> what a divorce and um you know it's that stuff that goes through your mind during quarantine i've even been thinking about like um cali sober you know the term cali sober it's a vague term it can mean a lot of things but it's basically a term cali being short for California, Cali sober meaning like the only intoxicants that you take, the only drug that you take is marijuana. Like Cali sober people generally only smoke that, smoking that la la la, right? That's like Cali sober. And yo, like during quarantine, I've been fantasizing. I'm like, yo, what if I just smoke that fucking green, that greenery, you know, the green menagerie, right? When I just fucking smoke a little bit of that hoo-ha and, uh, you know, let my eyes roll back in my, what did that D12 song say? I want to roll a... I want to roll away like a roller blade till my eyes roll back in my skull for days, right? Like, just fucking rip some fucking bong hits or something, right? And go see fucking, you know, the seventh dimension or whatever, right? I get thinking those thoughts. And I'm just like, wait a minute. You know, again, the delusion, the cunning, baffling, powerful nature of alcoholism. I know where that road leads to. It looks pretty. It looks romantic. It looks fanciful, fun, and fancy free. But for a drunk like me, an alcoholic like me, there's a, I'm not looking to, the the main difference between an alcoholic, an addict, and the regular person is, I'm not looking to be intermittently indulged. You know, intermittently, like 
between moments momentarily like i'm not looking for an intermittent fix to my to my craving i'm looking for an indefinite fix to my craving like it's totally acceptable for me when i'm in drinking mode to be drunk all the time why would i stop why would i stop you know some people, they like to giggle and smoke a little weed and have a sip of alcohol. And wow, wasn't that a fun night? You know, me and the boys and me and the, me and the crew, me and the girlfriend and the boys and her friends. We got together and we played board games. You know, it was fun. You know, we played Monopoly and, you know, we had a couple beers, smoked a little weed, got a little crunk. Oh, we listened to 90s hip hop. Oh, it was such a fun little night. You know, just a couple drinks, a couple tokes, good vibes with the friends. Then I got up the next day and it was like, you know, I'm ready to go back to work. And, you know, I went for a jog and fuck all that. Once that train leaves the station, I'm waking up in hospital. There is no reason for me to stop drinking, stop smoking once I start. And if you're like me, folks, and, um, you know, you're having, you're having um, an honest battle with yourself, you know, I'm getting a little over dramatic because I'm nowhere near picking up. Like, I've accepted 100% that is a past incarnation of myself. I will never drink or smoke. God willing, if I can help it ever again. But, um, and I'm not tempted to, but the thought goes through your mind when you're bored and you got those idle thumbs, which are the devil's playground. <laughs> idle hands of the devil's playground and you're sitting around thinking about shit you know this stuff goes through your mind so if you are like me out there and you've struggled in the past you're struggling in the present and you're wanting to hold on to or move towards a sober lifestyle i i suggest trying what i did what i did was i joined 12-step recovery you know um during this time of quarantine meetings are on hiatus a lot of people are going to online meetings, virtual meetings. Um, one of the streaming apps that people are using is Zoom. Z-O-O-M. Zoom. You can investigate that if you like. Find yourself a virtual meeting. Otherwise, there's a lot of information online. You can just go on YouTube. You can go online and find videos, information on 12-step recovery. And what it basically is, is group therapy. You attend these meetings of your own timetable. There are no dues, no fees, no emphasis on God. And what you do is basically have a little bit of group therapy. You practice various steps of recovery, and you come out of your isolation, because alcoholism is very... Um, self-centered, isolating, anti-social behavior. Self-centered, really. So you come out of that isolation, you get reintegrated into society in a, meaningful in a meaningful way, and day by day those days add up. Then one day you find yourself in a new life. And, um, you know, as much as your mind be playing tricks on you, got me peeking around the corner. It's like my mind playing tricks on me. You know, as much as your mind be playing tricks on you, you know in your heart of heart, like, 
that's no longer for me. I've accepted that I am powerless over alcohol and that my life has become unmanageable, had become unmanageable. I've accepted that, powerless to it. So that's no longer a thing for me. So no matter how much your mind be playing tricks on you, you have now moved into a new light, into a new day. And it is such a blessing. Sobriety. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, alcoholic extraordinaire. I'm also a janitor. Yeah, I'm talking mop buckets, slot buckets, toilets, tampons, urinals, urinal cakes, parking garages, um, garbage bins, uh, recycle bins, organic waste bins, the whole kit and caboodle, ladies and gentlemen. God made dirt and dirt don't hurt. God made dirt and dirt bust your ass. I'm a motherfucking janitor. And you know what? Suffice to say, I'm at the end of a two-week... Uh, I've been off work for two weeks now. A little bit of a paid... Um, I don't know what the reason for it was, but it's just kind of a part of the contract, a part of the janitorial union I belong to. It's been like a paid two-week uh, downtime during this pandemic. We've all been working very hard. Um, as essential workers amongst the other essential workers out there. We've we've been working hard, so we got a little bit of a, I guess, I guess what we earned, what we deserved, part of the contract. We got a little bit of a reprieve for two weeks. And I returned to work in the next couple days. Um... And in that time, I am facing a potential layoff. Yes, there has been talk that a few people will be getting laid off, right? This whole coronavirus, COVID-19 situation, um, as much as we are still um, seeing progress, as much as we are over the hump, in a sense, the future economically at the moment still seems a little uncertain. So I know, as an example, in my career, my career, in my fucking dumb little job that I do to um, support my acting as an actor, as my um, little dumbass day gig, my uh, janitorial hustle, in my job place, um, we are facing a potential layoff. And um, as I spoke on before, um, I don't feel any ways about it, you know? Um, previous to the whole COVID-19 situation, um, I had gotten myself fairly, um, ahead. Thankfully, I'd worked hard as a janitor. I had paid off a student loan. I had saved up some humble savings. I had plans for the future in my performing career. I actually had a few, um, job, uh, industry job interviews lined up i had some like set work you know to work on set as like a locations uh attendant like a you know a location support person somebody to like you know oversee the equipment help manage the flow of um extras talent crew you know basically like on-set support in the film industry. So I had a couple interviews coming up along those lines, moving forward with my career. 
Well, this whole COVID-19 shit put the kibosh on that momentarily. And, um, you know, suffice to say, it's just been a bit of a roller coaster. I'm feeling that crunch just like everybody during this time. And now the newest thing is um, this layoff, potential layoff coming around the corner in the uh, job that I work as a janitor. And like I said, um, my sights have been on the future. Um, my sights have been responsible and um, incremental. I've been working towards things. So this is not so much a situation that I have concern over. It's out of my hands to begin with, right? That's how... It is for everybody at the moment, right? There's a lot of things that are out of our hands up in the air. So I ain't sweating it is the main message. And um, I've been saying that message and I'll continue to say this message. Don't sweat it. These are things that are out of our hands. We work forward. We work forward. We look forward to the better day. Hallelujah. And, um, you know, ideally what I want to come out of this situation with and looking forward, um, everything that I've worked for, and I'm sure you can relate, everything you've worked for, this whole situation has put things into perspective. What is important? What is irrelevant? What do we want to chase? What do we want to let go? You know? And basically, coming out of this, everything that I've worked for. And in consideration with this circumstance, COVID-19 pandemic, what I want coming out of this is I just want to do what I love and work with people that I love being around. You know, I just want love. I want to be in a state of potentially a continual coming. I'm coming. That was a horrible uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. But you remember in Pumping Iron, he goes, I'm always in a state of calming. That's what it feels like to pump iron. I'm calming. I'm continually calming. You know, I want to be in a in continual state of ejaculation, coming. I want to work with people that I want to be around, and I want to do work that I want to be around. I just want a big love fest. And, you know, I've been working hard for that. It's a... Uh, you got to stake your claim in this lifetime, right? It's not it's not one of those things that people just kind of hand over easily. Okay, here's the key to your dreams. Have fun, you know. Um, that's what makes it so precious, life. Um, it's, you get what you put in. And um, I've been putting in a lot of work. And if you're like me out there, I'm sure you feel the same way. And... Moving forward, I think we owe it to ourselves to do work that we love and be around people that we want to be around. And suffice to say, as much as I am grateful for my janitorial job, we'll leave it at that, right? It's pretty self-explanatory. So that's what I want going forward. I want to be in a job where it's like, I love doing the work and I love being around the people, you know? And... um that's what I'm trying to take out of this pandemic situation. Some of that insight, some of that hope, some of that rejuvenation, 
brushing away the dead debris and moving forward to the new day. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, janitor extraordinaire. <clears throat> and last of all, I am a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. 11 years of service. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've been thinking about it. It's almost like third time's the charm for me at the moment in my stand-up comedian career. It's not that much different than some of the things I spoke on in regards to acting, janiteering, alcoholism. There's a lot of challenge in the career field of um, stand-up comedy. There's a lot of competition, and there's always um, the pressure to um, deliver, you know? You have to be able to deliver to the audience under pressure, which is like in real time. You're standing right in front of the crowd. Turn it on. What do you got, right? So there's that pressure. Then there's the pressure to compete with like, um, while it isn't a overtly competitive, like, fuck you, nigga, it's on, like, you know, beef shit with like fellow comics and shit, like, it still is a competition. You know, we're all gunning for that spot, right? So there's the competition, which is a healthy thing. There's the competition aspect. Then there's the business aspect. I mean, it's a business, you know? Do you go solo? Do you try to balance the books, book the gig, book the flights? Do you try to do that yourself? Or do you get in Dutch with a, uh, you know, a manager or an agent? How do you navigate the business aspect of it, you know? Then there's all the things that come into play in pretty much any career field, which you can relate to. Um, longevity. How do you balance the stress? How do you keep this chain of command running smoothly? You know, there ain't no point opening up a bakery if like every day the workers go into the bakery and they're ah, 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 and they're shoveling fucking bagels and donuts into the oven. Ah, ah. Oh, we're stressed. Oh, my God. We can't keep it up. Like, you have to have a, a balanced workflow or how can you be consistently managing the business? So there's that, the longevity aspect of it. How are you handling the day-to-day -day operations of being a stand-up comedian? Are you being too diligent with your writing? Are you staying healthy, you know? Are you cultivating whatever opportunities are around you? You know, um, things of that nature, which is like relatable across industry. So suffice to say, there's a lot under the umbrella of a career, as I'm sure you at home can relate to. And one thing that I'm definitely seeing um, in the face of pandemic is this is an opportunity for me because it's almost like the third times the charm. Because as I spoke on, I'm like an everyman. I'm an everyday motherfucker, and I've had some experience in life. And when I first got into stand-up comedy, the first time around, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand really what it was. I was coming out of being an actor. I was coming out of the world of theater, film. And I didn't really know how to engage with comics. I didn't really know how to engage with club owners, 
I was fortunate enough that some opportunities fell in my lap. Um, I started um, featuring and hosting and opening up, very opening uh, very early at a at a fairly decent club. So I had that opportunity, but I didn't understand it. So it's like I squandered a lot of my early opportunities. I didn't really cultivate relationships that well. I didn't really see much growth. I was just kind of flying by my seat in my pants. I was also battling the uh, real onset decline of my alcoholism. I was really starting to, you know, my mom had just died. And um, I was feeling a lot of family stress. I was feeling a lot of personal stress in regards to my acting career. So I was on the downslide into alcoholism. So I just really didn't understand my first kick at the cat in terms of stand-up comedy. So I battled through that for years, um, scrounging around, moving from one side of the country to another. I live here in Canada, right? So Canada is where I live. So I moved from Edmonton, Alberta to Toronto, Ontario, back and forth. So I was moving around, drunk, bumbling around, trying to get whatever gigs I could. The first go around, I really didn't understand it. Then I got sober. And then for like the past three and a half years, I've been sober. And what I did was I fought it. My second time around as a stand-up comedian, having had some experience, having gone through, you know, some personal situations as an alcoholic, then re-emerging. The second time around, I fought it. I fought it. I didn't want to deal with the clubs. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it independently. I'll just do independent gigs. I'll try to produce my own gigs. I'll do the podcast, which is a blessing. Um, I'm just in and out. I go to the show. I I sign up for the show. Then I leave the venue. Then I come back. I do my spot. Then I leave. I'm in and out. I don't really talk much with the comics, not because I, not for any reason, not not for any reason other than I was just, I was just in a place where I was fairly new in recovery, a fairly new recovering alcoholic. I didn't want to be in a bar any longer than I had to be, you know, and that's where comedy shows happen, bars, nightclubs, right? So I was pretty much just in and out focused on myself, trying to set up my own opportunities, kind of close-fisted, kind of looking at relationships as a means to an end, you know what I mean? Like, not really just breathing the situation in and just kind of going with the flow. I was fighting it. I was fighting the situation and trying to control it my second time around. And I've learned from that and I've grown from that. And it feels like now, during pandemic, going forward, the third time, hopefully, will be the charm. My first time around as a comic, I didn't understand it. My second time around as a comic, I fought it. And my third time going around (laughs) as a comic, coming out of pandemic, um, hopefully, the third time will be the charm. And what I'm looking to do is work with it. Work with it. Work with the experience I have. Work with others around me. Work with the industry. And, you know, keep keep a working 
mentality, you know? I don't need none of the negativity. I don't need the word no. You know, that's getting a little too um, ballsy. You know, I, don't, I ain't going to try to corner anybody into agreeing with everything I fucking say. But basically, I don't need the negativity. I don't need um, anything that is unuseful, which is basically negativity. It's useless. It's unuseful, right? So what I'm going to do moving forward post-pandemic is work with it. And, um, you know, I got to believe this is an opportunity or else why the fuck am I even bothering? And that's... um, relatable across industry you know we gotta keep positive because the negative will always be there and um these times that we're in can bring out the worst or the best in a person so why not choose to bring out the best you know one of um the things that i've come to learn and cherish as I mentioned, as an actor, I'm like a everyman due to my experience, due to my, I hope, insightful outlook into life. Doesn't mean I'm above anybody. Everybody else has their insights and their knowledge and their know-how. But I have confidence that I have my insight, my knowledge, my know-how, the growth that I still need to have. And I'm an everyman. And I'm every person. And one thing I heard that really, really changed some of my thinking was the saying that we have to be people of our time. We have to be people of our time, people of our times. So it's like whatever the challenges are in your time as a person, you have to rise to them. We have to rise to the challenges of our times. That's what all the greats did. You know, any great artist, Muhammad Ali, you know, he rose to the challenge of his times. He saw the, um, the waste, the waste of the Vietnam War, and he stood up to be a man of his time. He faced his government and he said, no, I'm not going to go to war killing people that I don't know. You know, um... I was, just, I was actually just watching, um, uh, <laughs> this is going to make me sound like a communist, but I was actually just watching, um, there's an old television series called um, Mysteries and Scandals. You can get it on like YouTube. Um, they talk about various Hollywood mysteries and scandals. And they were talking about this, this actor who was very famous in like uh, the 30s and 40s, um, John Garfield. He got caught up in the uh, McCarthy hearings, you know. There was a witch hunt out on on Hollywood at the time, and they were trying to paint people as communists. And, um, you know, he was a very, you know, he claimed to be a very apolitical person. I believe that's the term. He, he had people of various, he had friends and connections of various um, political standing, but he never professed anything. He was more of a, artist, producer, businessman. But he got caught up in that and he had to be a person of his time. He had to stand up against the Hollywood um, system and, you know, he, he stood for what he believed in. You know, he didn't rat people out. He didn't snitch. 
um, if there is even anything to snitch on. It's like personal belief, personal politics. What are you asking me? What are you trying to, what are you trying to condemn these people for? Their political views? We're going to lock you up for having an opinion. What the fuck, right? So it's like, you know, he had to stand up and be a person of his time. Um, you know, Lady Gaga. I don't know. She just comes to mind for some reason. Baby, you're born this way. You know, she took her musical know-how and she became a person of her time. She saw that, you know, we're living in an era right now where sexuality, having once been so closeted, having been once so condemned, is having a resurgence of accepting celebration and she has become a woman of her time she has friends in that world of um you know i would guess you could call it the lgbqt community sexual experience sexual expression sexual fluidity and um while she is more than that she has also undeniably staked her claim as like a woman of her time, celebrating some of her beliefs, some of her friendships, some of the value she holds in this world where attitudes, norms, you know, prejudices, they're all changing, right? And, um, you know, we have to be people of our time. And, um, you know... Moving forward as an actor, stand-up comedian extraordinaire, yeah, like, that's what I'm doing, you know? I'm just being a person of my time, and I'm using this whole situation as a learning situation. And um, I'm faking a smile right now because I got a shit-eating grin because <laughs> I think I've, um, I've made my point and I'm trying to be eloquent and get out of this. And um, I don't want to be insulting because that's another thing as a comedian— you know, um, it feels good to be insulting. And I had just said some very kind things. So why burst the bubble now? I am a decent human being. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, the shit-eating grin on my face, I don't take for granted. You know, I don't take a shit-eating grin for granted. I love eating shit. And that's what it is as a comic. You eat shit. And you just got to grin through it. And moving forward, I'm going to be a person of my time. You know, this is the third time around. Happy hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramtran, stand-up comedian. And those are the four things that sum me up at the moment. Jonathan Ramtran, actor, alcoholic, janitor, stand-up comedian. So, welcome to the show. Yeah. Oh, God, COVID-19. Every time for, like, the last, like, five episodes, usually this is, like, basically this is a show, like I mentioned. I speak about myself in order to relate to yourself. And then I get into current events, topics, news stories, entertainment, stories of the day, as a person of my time. But yo, this is all eclipsing. This is all eclipsing, all-encompassing, COVID-19. Um, here's the latest stats on um, COVID-19. Y'all just give me a moment here. I'll whip it up on my uh, cell phone. COVID-19 stats worldwide. Da -da 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 -da. Of course, you're going to play with me now, huh? Where are they? 
Wikipedia. I usually get them off Wikipedia. I know a lot of people say John Hopkins Society, John Howard Society University, John Hopkins U University, but like, um, fuck them. You know, I, I, I just got a feeling that they're a part of whatever lie has been going on with this whole fucking situation. You know, you got to listen to the John Hopkins Society. You got to listen to the John Hopkins University. They know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. I, I don't know what they're doing, but um, check this out. <clears throat> um, boo doo boo. Booty booty boo. Why is this such a goddamn ano anomaly? Every time I, you know... Here's the funny fucking thing about COVID-19. For as much as it's like this all-encompassing, everywhere you look, news, 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 COVID-19, coronavirus, pandemic, epidemic, eh, eh, as much as it is that, typing in, typing in a simple fucking phrase, COVID-19 world stats, that is a floating, changing fucking Google search. How come is it I can type in like how to cook a duck? How to cook a goat. I could type in how to cook a goat and they'll come up with a paragraph succinctly telling me how to cook a goat. One of the dumbest things I've ever said, right? Especially as a pes pescatarian, vegetarian, right? How to cook a goat. If I type that in, they're good. Look, let me, t look, look, I'll give you an example. How to cook a goat. Wait, what do you know? The best way to cook a goat meat is to cook it slowly, preferably in a slow cooker at a low temperature with plenty of moisture. Moreover, goat meat should never be served rare. It is better about, you know, it's like they got a fucking on deck answer for how to cook a fucking goat. But if I type in COVID-19 world stats, Google doesn't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the stats are. I don't know. Playing fucking possum with me. It's all a conspiracy. Fucking stupid. Worldwide COVID-19 stats. You know, it should be fucking straightforward. Worldwide COVID-19 stats. Um, deadly dumb statistics. I don't know. Am I retarded? Is it? Maybe it's my fault. I don't know. Statistics, is that a better way of putting it? Statistics. Worldwide COVID-19 statistics. Oh, what do you know? It's still a who fucking done it. Why is this so fucking hard to find? Okay, well, this is from... This is from worldometer.com because I'm sick of looking. I don't know how fucking credible this is. I'm just going to go with it because I just want to be done with this whole situation here. Worldometer.info slash coronavirus.com. Uh, to date, there are 3,426,413 cases worldwide. 240,493 deaths worldwide. And 1,000,000... 93,986 recovered. All right. So those are the statistics that they've been hiding from us. Should be just as simple as typing in how to cook goat meat. No, it's a fucking 
fucking wild goose chase just to get a fucking straight answer out of this damn governmental fucking conspiracy. Um, you know, so that's what's going on. I don't know. It's all the same information that it's ever been for like the last two months, to be honest. Um, same as usual, it affects the elderly. 80% of people recover without any special type of treatment. Uh, it generally affects the elderly, people with pre-existing health conditions. Everybody, make sure to use cough etiquette. Cough into your armpit. <clears throat> you know, wash your hands. You know, don't be touching your face too much. We're going to be fine, right? Um, people are talking recession. You know, ec economic upheaval around the world definitely facing it in Canada um, but hey you know what nothing's too concrete yet I read a couple articles they're more just like speculation forecasting it's very much the same as the 2008 housing market crisis that you know I guess shook I don't know if it shook the world as much as it shook North America because in a sense Canada's economy is very connected to the U.S. economy. I'm not an economist, but like for some reason, 2008 was declared a recession due to the whole housing market crisis in America. So we were facing a crisis in Canada as well. People were calling it a recession. But as I recall, in 2008, I was working. I had one of the highest paying jobs I ever had. I was working at a warehouse. Um, it was paying something like $20 an hour just to like ship boxes of cookies and crackers. So I'm pretty much seeing the same thing play out in effect here. Global pandemic, economic recession, upheaval. We're all going to die. Ah, ah. My life has barely changed. I don't know how you're feeling at home, but my life has barely changed. So I ain't going to sweat it. Aside from being cooped up here like a monkey. You know? Financially, situationally. You know, a little bit of setback here and there. Well, that's not true. My life has changed. But um, in terms of my health and my finances, it's not as dour as they're trying to make it seem. There's some minor inconveniences in terms of how I live my life. But like financially and health-wise, my life has barely changed. So I ain't going to sweat it. Um, that was basically the same situation of, as the recession of 2008. Everybody was screaming, recession, oh my God, plummeting. The economy's plummeting. Watch out for your life. And... I was getting drunk, going to bars, going to clubs, eating at Denny's, throwing money around, making it rain on bitches. I actually went through a minute where I was like obsessed with like strippers. So I'd be at the strip club all the time. I remember one time I went to the club and this one stripper, she's like, hey there. Oh my God, you look different. You get a haircut? I was like, that bitch just asked me if I got a haircut? Like that's how often I was at the fucking strip club. They noticed when I got a haircut. Of course, you can always make the cheesy one too. Like, did you get a haircut, baby? You know, drapes aren't quite matching the uh, carpet anymore. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, that's a cheesy one. But like, you know, I was at the strip club making it rain on bitches, throwing fucking $5 bills around, you know, 
And they were like, oh, it's a recession. Complete hogwash, you know. That's my ignorant optimism. So hang in there, folks. Anyways, folks, a nice sweet one here for you. A nice short and sweet one here for you this week. Um, been feeling the crunch very much like everyone else. And, um, you know, just going to go forward to the new day. See what, see what's around the corner. And um, as always, you know, uh, all the best to you and yours. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay focused. And we'll catch you on the next one. Hallelujah. It's your old Tucker buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent May. Fucking second. <laughs> Sorry for the cussing. May 2nd. In the year of our Lord, 2020. Uh, yo, hit me up, podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, queries, or qualms, um, love to talk with you. Got any interesting... Uh, information regarding COVID-19, regarding anything, hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. I'm available on multiple platforms, um, iTunes, Spotify, uh, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. So do connect with me um, there if you should choose to. Till next time, folks. You live it, you love it, you realize it. A height. Peace.